And I told her, I said, look, I said, I don't gamble. I don't <laughs> hardly drink. I don't run around with wild women. And she looked at me. She said, go buy yourself something nice, honey. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Welcome to Drop the Disc. This week's guest is Blaine Bailey. Blaine is best known for being the founder and CEO of Super Savers, now Home Direct, and Tranner Gray, which is a media company in Augusta, Georgia. So uh, I said, what I want to do is I want to start a production company that looks like commercials come out of, you know, out of New York, California, Miami. Not only does Tranner Gray have incredible productions, but they also have won four Emmys doing commercials in the city of Augusta. We talk about some of the secrets behind Blaine's success. Agency is all open. So the designer works, sits in the same room as the producer, and the you know social media person is in the same room with everybody else. So what I wanted was one place where a company could come and they get everything. We couldn't leave without talking about an incredible philanthropic event in Tranner Gray's history. I'm going to go to other media outlets and see what they could do to help us raise money for this organization. And we would have a telethon. And what they did all, they ran ads for them, but they also did all through the day of the telethon, they were putting the numbers up all through the day. Yeah, exactly. So it really got the community. The uh, Augusta Chronicle got involved and did stories about some of the GIs, the guys, that we, the veterans that we had interviewed and talked to. So everybody in town came together. And what does this successful businessman have to say about the city of Augusta? This place has been amazing to, you know, to an army brat that never had really a home, you know, before he was 13 that he could call his own. And this is my home. I mean, I love it here and I love these people. Thank you guys for listening. We know you could be listening to a lot of other podcasts and we really do appreciate you spending your time with us. This episode with Blaine Bailey is an incredible episode. We think you guys will really get a lot out of it. If you like this episode, make sure you tell a friend. Make sure you hit subscribe. We're really trying to grow, and we really do appreciate that. The stories we're telling are amazing, in our opinion, and we really think more people should be able to hear them. Before we get started, it's my pleasure, it's my honor, it's my duty to tell you that Nancy Powell of Powell & Associates is the leading presenting sponsor of Drop the Diss in 2020. The date of publishing this show is November 1st, and this date will mark over a full year since Nancy committed to support and fund the Drop the Dish show as our presenting sponsor. Nancy Powell is a real estate broker who not only is Cyber City's best real estate agent and broker, not only is she super involved in the community, sponsoring YPA, being a member of the chamber, but she's also our personal trusted real estate advisor. If it's investing, if it's your forever home, if you just have some questions, Nancy Powell of Powell & Associates, we trust her, we recommend her, and we know that you will too once you're done working with her. Nancy Powell at Downtown Augusta Broker on Instagram. Make sure you contact her. Tell her we sent you. You will not regret that decision. And now, on to the show. Hey guys, this is Chris. Hey guys, I'm David. And uh, we... Our Drop the Disc podcast. We're here talking about the story of Augusta through the people, the movers, and the shakers of the city. We're super excited to talk to Lane Bailey with Tranner Gray Media. 
Blake, thank you for being here. Thank you so thank you much. For, thank and you, you for having you me. You definitely dressed up. You dressed in maybe your best. I this don't is know. my this is my everyday work clothes. I love it. I was it. gonna say this so, is not your best. You have yeah. <laughs> you are known to have a wide variety of incredible clothing. Yeah, yes. my uh, one of my graphic artists um, had been after me for a couple of years. They wanted to take pictures of the clothes that I wear every day and started Instagram. <laughs> and I said, no, my son will ride me about that. So about um, three or four months ago, I finally relented and I've enjoyed it way more than I than I thought I would or should probably. Yeah. So um, she takes pictures of what I'm wearing a lot of days, but that's what I wear every day to work. So, so. B- before we get into your story, mm-hmm. can you tell the listeners at home what Trainer Gray is br- right. briefly? Because we'll yes. get, in, we'll get sure. into that later in the episode. Trainer Gray is a marketing uh, production company here in town. We have an ad agency, and uh, we actually got it started from uh, doing direct mail. I had an idea to do uh, shared TV spots uh, that you're not really allowed to do. Yeah, you guys are kind of famous for that. (laughs) Yeah, it's an idea that we had uh, 28 years ago or 26 years ago and was able to talk to the cable company and actually doing it. So, um, you know, 26 years later, we we run a lot of commercials, about four or 500 a month, Mm -hmm. featuring our clients, which is unusual. But through that, uh, we had to make our own commercials to make it affordable. So I literally went down and ordered a super VHS camera and had a buddy of mine that worked in production at uh, Jones Inner Cable at the time uh, show me how to shoot it in about three hours. So we started making our own. And from that, that's how the agency kind of got started and the production company. And we can go into a little bit more detail mm-hmm. of that later. But it was all just an idea. Uh, and, you know, like I said, for, from 15 to 34, 35, I was in the women's shoe business. So that's an interesting story too. Transition, and uh, so a perfect transition. Zach just started handing out drinks. Oh yeah, uh, we have, and you probably heard this by the way. We have all equal parts. We have Zach McCabe here making us some drinks. Um, Zach, I'm unmuting your microphone so you can tell us about what you just handed us. Thank you, David. Uh, so this is uh, an original drink that I came up with called the Weekend Getaway. Um, this I actually like that. Was it's on the good. It was real the, good. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I put this on the uh, opening menu at uh, Pineapple Link Tavern as kind of like the shaken vodka drink there. So it's going to be really bright, kind of like a herbaceous lemon drop. That's if you super will. nice. Yes. Herbaceous lemon herbaceous. drop. That's beautiful. I just want to know how you spell that. <laughs> <laughs> we can ask Google. <laughs> but yeah, it's just some, some vodka, some elderflower liqueur, lemon juice, and uh, this awesome liqueur out of uh, Greenville, South Carolina called Vicario Herba Luisa. <laughs> and wow. it is just a lemon you, verbena liqueur. Your mm. vocabulary is disgusting, Zach. I'm turning yeah. you off, and we're going to come Cheers. back to you later. <laughs> Wait a minute. I, I saw a picture. They sent me a picture of, uh, of Zach's... I guess his Facebook or profile picture yes. with all his drinks, and I expect to try every one before we leave here tonight. <laughs> oh wow! Well, th- is that why you're free till eight thirty a.m. tomorrow? Exactly right. <laughs> okay, that gives us a few hours to rest before we drive. <laughs> right. So Blaine, let's let's dive in now that we've got some drinks, and I hope sure. Chris ends up getting one of these too. Yeah, actually, I do too. actually, uh, I'm not. Oh, okay. I'm not. I am being good this week. Oh, Chris, yeah, yeah. more for us. Okay, yeah. great. Um. So you mentioned to us before the show started, yes. you didn't grow up in Augusta. Right. I, I am an Army brat. And my parents actually met here when it was Camp Gordon back in 1955, uh, 1955, went on a date, a blind date, and married 90 days later. 
They were married for 42 years until my, my wow. dad passed away. So we traveled a lot when you're an Army brat, especially back in those days. You moved about every year or two. So I was born in Heidelberg, Germany, and then we moved back. I think we went to Minnesota for a year, they said, and then uh, we went to Alabama, and then we're there for a year or so, and then we went to um, uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where my mother is from. My dad is from a little sand mountain, Alabama. So it was definitely the country boy and the city girl kind of deal. Um, and uh, from there, uh, we went to Augusta. No. From there, we went to North Carolina. My dad was an 82nd Airborne. And then from there, we came to Augusta and lived there for a couple of years from third to half of fifth grade and then moved back to Germany to Kaiserslautern for two years and then moved back here to Augusta. And my dad retired from the military uh, here in Augusta. So I've lived here since I was 13. So this so is what year definitely... Was that? What year was that? That was in 1960. 1960. No, and, 1970. Excuse and me. you were 13 years old. You lived I was in 13. Seven, er, seven different places, oh, basically. Yeah. By the time I was 12, yeah. And, and then you moved to Augusta. And then I moved to Augusta. How long, how long did you stay? Uh, well, w I lived here for about a, two years from third to fifth, and then we moved back here. As a matter of fact, my very first day back in Augusta, I went to school on my birthday, February 17th of my 13th birthday. So I was um, A. Dorothy Hines over in South Augusta. Okay. And okay. then Seago Middle School. We got, we, got, yeah. we got a South Augusta boy. That's right. I'm a South Augusta boy. And then I'm a butler. I'm a butler boy. So I'm, you know, That's consider great. myself a South Augusta and South side. this is my town. South Sud. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So That's great. I love this town. It's been a great town to me. That's great. And, and so when you, were, when you were growing up, you, you run a media company right now, and you I kind do. of mentioned that, like, that is not what you started doing. No, no. Well, you know, I have to tell you that uh, one of the best things, you don't always know it when you're a kid, is that I did grow up an Army brat because you're always the new kid. You know, every two year or two, you're the new guy. So it really teaches you to how to get involved. I mean, my wife calls it get in where you fit in. Mm. Okay. And, uh, you know, we told our, ki our kids that for years. <laughs> so uh, it, it teaches you to always be the new guy, always how to talk to people, always how to be, you know, friendly and make friends. So it's a great lead into what I do now, which is sales. So, of course, at the time I didn't realize it, but it was a great training, you know, because I have no problem going into a room and talking to just about anybody, mm -hmm. you know, whether you're from, you know, South Augusta or New York City. It doesn't matter to me. So, so, you, so you grew up, you went to Butler. Went to Butler. And, and did, did you go to college? What, what was the career I, path for I you? did not go to college, okay. and let me tell you why. Because um, I got in the shoe business when I was 15 years old as a stock, to run stock. And I worked at a shoe at Southgate Plaza called Kenny Shoes, okay. which at the time had about over 2,000 stores in the U.S., and ran stock for three months, and then they started me being able to work selling. Uh, so I sold there. And then when I was 16 years old, uh, it was interesting. This is really interesting. Okay. Um, I was the number one salesperson while I was 15 and 16 going to high school at Butler. And um, they transferred a manager in here, and it was very unusual at the time. So this was... Uh, 72. Okay. 72. They had brought a, a black manager in from Texas to be the manager here in Augusta. 
And it wasn't a big deal for me because I grew up in military bases. So mm-hmm. we always, you know, everybody lived together. Right. But it was so strange because people kept coming by that worked in the strip center, coming by the store and just looking in the store because he was the only black manager, management person. A lot of those people had, he had seen back in mm-hmm. 71, 72. So he, and he was my mentor. He was the guy that taught me most everything that I do today in sales. He was amazing. And uh, at 16, he came to me one day and said, look, he said, I talked to my boss and we are willing to, they're willing to let me be your assistant manager or you to be my assistant manager. I'll come in every day and work. At those times you didn't work on Sundays, but he said, I'm willing to come in every day and you get out early, the, the DCT program. So I was out every day at 12 o'clock, got to work by 12, 31 o'clock. And I would work every afternoon and all day Saturday. And he let me be his manager, assistant manager. So when I was 16, I was actually making, bringing more money home than my father. Wow. So it was crazy. And of course, wow. I just, you know, spent it all on cars and Whatever clothes and yeah. <laughs> girls, you know, all those fun <laughs> things. So, um, I graduated, I, actually when I was 17, after my junior year at Butler, I actually went to summer school and graduated a year early. Wow. So I graduated uh, a year early. You were a hustler. I was. I was going to be the next president of Kenny's Shoes, was my ambition. <laughs> wow. Probably so, better that didn't happen. Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but what did happen is I actually went out on a date with a girl from Hepzibah, Okay. They kept coming in the shoe store buying shoes for me. She bought a lot of shoes and bags for me. She paid for the date. She did. She did, exactly. I ended up marrying that girl, and we actually next month would be 45 years that we've wow. been married. Congratulations. So, um, so we, when I was 17, uh, that December, they came to me and said, we want to start you in the manager program. So they moved me from Augusta to Chattanooga, Tennessee at 17 years old. Holy which was moly. crazy. You so had I, your own place? I did, but wow. I had a hard time because I wasn't old enough to rent. Mm. So I <laughs> yeah. finally had to end up you know, lying about my age and had to find a little place out of town. <laughs> you know. But everything I owned was in the backseat of my car. My I remember my dad coming up to visit me, and he bought me a frying pan because... I had nothing to cook anything in. <laughs> so I cooked everything in that frying pan. That's you know, incredible. Soup, you know, cheap grilled cheese sandwiches. My goodness. And uh, lived there for about six months. I was uh, very lonely. Uh, you know, it was back in the days before cell phones. And, mm-hmm. you know, I had a little black and white TV that I would watch at night. I generally worked 12 hours a day. I didn't have anything else to do because I couldn't go out. I wasn't old enough to go to any clubs or right. anything. Back then, the drinking age was 18. Right, oh, you were so, so close. I, yeah, I was so close. <laughs> anyway, so uh, so it, in the end, uh, they moved me uh, after about six months to Atlanta. I started the manager's training program, and then I was gone for about a year. And I dated, took my wife on our first date in October to Butler Homecoming. I had already graduated, so I hadn't seen a lot of my friends in a while. So I took her to the game. And wow, That's she awesome. wasn't sure about me until we started going to the stands, and everybody started screaming my name. And she said, <laughs> "Maybe I like this guy." <laughs> so um, that was the end of October. And anyways, uh, I moved in January, and then one year later we got married, and we actually only saw each other six days that year. Wow. I mean, for like one day. Wow. So wow. I would drive home. Yeah. See her. Be home about midnight. See her till about two in the morning and then drive to my parents and she, get up next she day. She believed in you. <laughs> she must have. Thank goodness. Yeah. So, but she's still hanging around. So I, <laughs> wow. I really appreciate you it. You see she's, her more often though now. Yes. Right. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. I do. I do. 
just want to make sure. Yeah, I'm very blessed. She's the love of my life, and um, you know, she's still still with me. And next month, I said, be 45 years. That's incredible. Interesting. So that's how I got started in in management, and right. then. After about a year, I had enough. We were miserable. We wanted to move home once we got married. So came back home, got a job at Columbia Nitrogen in the lab. I hated it. Wanted to slit my wrist every day. <laughs> and, and you were 18 at this point? I was 19. 19. I was 19. 19 at this time, yeah. So uh, so we came back to Augusta. And then a friend of mine said, he used to work with me at Kenny Shoes. He said, hey, this new store's coming in. It's called Han Shoes. They say really not, sell really nice shoes. Go work for them. You can make more money, more commission. So I did. So I worked with them uh, for the next nine, nine or ten years. So wow. they sent me to Atlanta, and I worked at Atlantic Square for the last nine years. So when I was 24, I couldn't wait, wait to get out of this crummy little town. <laughs> and when I was 34, I couldn't wait to get back. Right. So, um, so I worked in the shoe business for 20 years, and the company I was with um, had been in business for 138 years. Went belly up. Uh, what are the and, odds? Yeah. Mm. So I told my wife, where do you want to go? We can go anywhere you want to go. <laughs> yeah. I don't have a job. I can sell anything. There you go. <laughs> so um, so anyway, so we moved back to Augusta and raised our children here. And um, I had a friend of mine that worked for me in the shoe business okay. back when I was here. And his name was Bill Botham. No way. Know, yeah. I don't know if you, if you know Bill. I've heard that name. Yeah. He used to be uh, the person that handled the marketing for uh, Comcast. Okay. And now okay. he works for Columbia County. Really? Um, okay. He was a great guy, and he got me a job at the cable company here. At that time, it was Jones Intercable. And uh, it was interesting. I had actually never been on a job interview. You know, I had always just went in and got, they saw me, and I talked for a <laughs> minute. hired. Yeah, I never filled out an application or anything, so... Anyway, so you were technically uh, not old enough. Correct. At those times. Correct. <laughs> exactly not in right. The 60s. Though. Oh, that's true. <laughs> right. So, wait, hold on, we're going to take another drink of this real Do quick. It. That's fair. So, uh, this is the story of my life. Wow. <laughs> uh, so that's we all equal parts right there. There that's you go. Elevate drinking for all. You know, it's just in, you know, it is interesting when I think about my own life, you know, I've had a very I've ha- I've been very blessed. So, I've had a great life. So, mm. um but anyways, uh, so he got me an interview there in the, in the advertising department. So I went in for an interview, and the lady took out a uh, sheet that had 100 questions on it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and they were questions like, if you were a color, what color would you be? And why? And, you know, and, and what's the worst thing about you? So, you know. I'm, I love that. So basically. That's when, you, that's when you say the worst thing about me is my strength. Well, that's, the worst thing about you, me, I said, was that I work too much. There it is. So there you go. That's the right but, answer, uh, by the way. But it was crazy. So after the interview, which I thought went pretty well, I didn't know that had been my first one. And I was 34 years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, she said, um, well, we have to interview other people because this is a. Uh, a stock-held company. So I said, okay. I didn't hear back from her for a month, 30 days. Then I get a call. She wants me to come back. So I think, oh, well, maybe I did get a job. And she said, um, I'm going to have to re-interview you again. I'm like, oh, God. Another 100 questions. So she pulls out the exact same no. paper, and she had written down all of my answers. Now, if you remember what color you are and why, it's unusual. I didn't know any of the things that I said, so I just BS my way through it once again. And when we were done, she says, "Okay, we would we would like to hire you." And I said, "Great." <laughs> Had never done advertising before, and I said, "So, um, what will I be selling?" She said, "Well, we have two jobs open. We have one which is commercial sales for the cable company, 
and we had this new thing called direct mail. We don't really know anything about it. You know, the company came down, they wanted to, uh, mandated us for to start doing it. And um, she's, I said, well, how many salespeople are there? She said, well, you would be the eighth one, which I knew would mean the bottom of the barrel, you know. That's a lot. That was a lot. I was going to be the eighth salesperson there selling commercials. And I said, well, tell me about this direct mail thing. And she said, well, we don't really know anything about it. Are you familiar with it? I said, yes, ma'am, I am. <laughs> she said, you are? I said, oh, yeah, my company uses that all the time which is a complete 100% lie. Right, right. But I figured that I just needed to know that much more than she did. So I took that job, and that's how I got into the direct mail business 28 <laughs> years later. Wow. You know, I worked for them for two years and then went out and started my own company doing it. And um, So how old were you when you started your own company? I was 36, 36 years old, and I'm 63 okay. now. That's when you're so, supposed to take all your risks. When you're like well, middle of your life with a family. Nor, and that's exactly right. <laughs> Did you have a garage to start I, it in? I, well, I started, yes. <laughs> yes. So I, I actually I started in my bedroom with a okay. two file cabinets and a, and a closet door over the top of it. That was my desk. desk. Started at the bottom of our bed in our bedroom. And uh, that's where I got started you know, with my business. And then we grew enough where I moved down to the... Um, Moved down to the garage, took half the garage, and then, you know, a couple years later, took the whole garage because we were you growing. you outgrow the bedroom and you have to move to the yes. garage. It's a big, it's a big deal. It's a big move. It's a big move. And so, and then uh, after about six years, we moved to our first office. Okay. Over off Alexander Drive, which is a real dump. So for all six of those first years when you were doing it at yes. home, were you, was that your source of income? Is that what you were doing? Well, yes. That was my only income. And I had, remember now, I had two kids in high school. Right. So, uh, but my wife told me, she worked for a dentist here in town, actually Dr. Goldberg, a lot of people might know him. Um, she worked for him for 10 years. And she would come home every Friday with her paycheck and sit down and write the bills, the bills out. And I made just enough money to almost make the house payment for that first year. Wow. Second year, I made, so she took care of everything, but she was the one that told me when I was like, you know, I want to do this, but I don't think we can afford it. And she was like, Lane, if you don't do this, you are going to miss an opportunity that you're going to think back on 20 years from now and say, I wish I had have done that. So we'll figure it out. And that so was about starting your business. Right. I've got so to, that's the kind I've of partner a, that I have. That's crazy. I've got to it meet is. her. Oh, she's awesome. <laughs> she's that's awesome. Great. Oh, yeah. So, um... So that's how we got how we got started. Wow! And uh, you know, from there we went uh, started our direct mail business, and then we decided we were gonna. I always in so my why direct mail was it just because nobody else knew what to do? Well, it was originally first because I was going to be the only salesperson, so I could call on everybody, right? Rather than have to be the eighth salesperson selling commercials, right? After that, and we were the only ones in town. But through the years, we've there's probably been you know a couple dozen come and go. You know, since I started doing it 28 years ago. Oh, yeah. Valpac's yeah. been here numerous times. Money Mailer, the Chronicle did it twice. So as you guys have grown, what do you attribute? And, and we're going to take a break for a second sure. drink in a second. But I want to ask you Good. real quick, what do you attribute your staying power to? Mm. Well, I call it the Walmart plan of advertising. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, do, do tell. So the thing about direct mail is it is actually... If we do an advertising for somebody and they do direct mail, we do direct mail, we do um, some television coverage, and we do also, you know, digital social media that mm -hmm. goes along with that. 
And if we get 100 responses back, about uh, seven or eight of them will be digital. Mm-hmm. A couple will be because they went on the website. But 90 of them will be from the direct mail piece. There's something about having that advertising in your hand, printed, that you don't have to wonder, is this true? Is this real? You know, it's kind of like digital. Right. Sometimes you wonder, well, when you read it, is it real? Do they really, you know, this is, uh, and we've been around a long time. So mm-hmm. people know that, you know, we're a reputable company, and that's very been very important to me. Um, my, uh, it's important to me that people know who I am, that they can trust what I do. Uh, my reputation is everything to me. I hate to say it, but not everybody in my business has the greatest reputation, but um, I have always tried to maintain that we do the right thing no matter what we do. And we do what we promise, even if we lose money at it. Mm-hmm. We're going to do exactly what we promise to do. So I think that's one of the reasons the longevity is. But direct mail is a great Bible, and then you add the TV to it. And that's the thing that I kind of like. It's most businesses, um, one of the number one things you can do is direct mail for as far as return on your investment. Number, number one is TV. Number two is direct mail. So, so I figured could, if I could really combine the two, yeah. right, because TV advertising really is mostly, um, not everybody runs a big, come on down, we're having a big sale. It's usually, here's my business, here's my name, remember me. Here's my business, here's my name, remember me. So what we did is we put five businesses on a commercial. They're five-second spots, but they just say their name and real quick something about their business. But I figured if I could run that enough, then the name sets after a while. You, mm-hmm. You're going to see it at some yeah. point. You're going to hear it enough where, you know, you're going to say, you know the name. So now when I Google, you know, if I want to, if I want a carpet cleaner and I Google it, I'm going to, oh, I know that one. I've heard of them. So, you know, it's all about name awareness. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the direct mail piece with most people is, oh, I don't need to look for a deal. I got one right here. So they don't generally call around. They'll they'll generally call it. So it's been good. It's been good for my customers. And, um, you know, from that being idea of doing the television mm-hmm. to make it work we had to produce our own commercials right so i had to figure out how to do that i mm-hmm. my friend bill botham right took me out one day i bought a camera he showed me how to videotape which is actually the big old you know video cassettes back then oh yeah mm-hmm. and uh, so he taught me how to shoot it and then i had a friend of mine named charlie andrews okay. he was very well known in this town he's still around that for three years he said i will make your commercials for you for no charge. He said, if you want to leave here and start your own business, and I would go over his house at the end of every mailing, and we would sit there for five days from about eight to about two in the morning, and he would produce all my commercials for me so I could run them. So when I say that this town has been really good to me, it's been really good because there's some really great people that live in this town. We'll be right back with more conversation with Blaine Bailey. But first... I was always attracted to this little red book and it on the front of it says the little guide to Augusta. That right there is so intriguing until you open it up and you see all the things that Augusta can offer. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the little guide to Augusta. They have done a phenomenal job of putting and cramming all the information that you need to know about the city in a little red book. They've got, great social media. They've got great website, littleguideaugusta.com. Check them out. Go look at their Facebook page. You'll see consistent updates and news flashes that you need to know about these businesses that are in the booklet. Guys, I want you to check it out right now. 
They support the podcast. We support their mission. Our missions are the exact same, showing the people of Augusta what Augusta offers. Little guide to Augusta. Let's let Zach give us another Please drink. Please do. I'm ready. Zach. <laughs> While Zach is getting this ready for him, right. can we can we do a quick introduction of sure. our photographer? Go for it. Absolutely. Uh, you said Southside. Mark McBride, he was also Southside. And so uh, he's he's doing pictures for us. Great. Yeah. Works out in the Get my good side. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what side that is, but... <laughs> <laughs> You have not, by the way, we have not said on the podcast how beautiful your shirt is right now. Oh. Like I, I, I would wear that if it was presented to I me. Wish well, good. Your vibe is what I wish I could do. I well, wish I could pull that off. You can. You just have to have the guts. That's <laughs> what I tell people. I, I can. My wardrobe's just not there yet. Yeah, I can help you with that. I can spend your money even quicker than my own. So. But. All right, Zach, I'm turning your microphone on. I'm going to let you tell us about this concoction. You ready? I'm yes. ready. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. So this drink is called Spice World. Uh, it is a take, a, a fall or autumnal take on a cosmopolitan is what it is. So there's going to be a An lot autumnal of autumnal cosmopolitan. Yes, sir. So it's going to be some like so a lot of allspice oh, wow. notes on there, and uh, it's a it's a spiced sugared rim. So it's apple pie spice in some sugar on the rim, so you can oh, take wow. it or leave it. A little bit of cranberry, allspice, lime juice, some more vodka. Because I know you're a vodka Boy. guy. No, I am a vodka guy, but I don't drink that much. But I tell you, I would probably stay pretty much high every if you were my <laughs> close friend. These <laughs> drinks are amazing. <laughs> my wife would appreciate these. She's the drinker in the family. Well, thank you very much, Zach. Do you make? Did you make your own rimmer? Oh, dude, <laughs> I did. Yes, this is good. Yeah. That's so incredible. It's wow. Just apple pie spice. So I actually before I came here, I. Ground up some allspice berries in my mortar and pestle at home. And wow. It was worth it. Just so you know, it was worth it. This is, by the way, better than the first drink. This is yeah. my favorite. <laughs> so, you this know, so one of the things we're kind of known for is our Christmas parties. We haven't had them in a couple of years. I have heard so, of your Christmas parties. Have you? Yes. They're crazy. <laughs> last, last time we had one, it was like over 300 people that wow. came. Wow. So we do it in shifts. We do it, one, it's starting at seven, and then... All the people that have Christmas parties to go to, we tell them to come at 10.30 or whenever they're out of their party. <laughs> so we generally go to about 2.30 in the morning. Wow. But we have a blast. We haven't been able to do it the last couple of years. So we hope next next year we can bring it back. Right. But we're always looking for signature jinx, Zach. So I will have you come to my next yes. party. I'll give, you, I'll give you my card. <laughs> All right, Blaine. So we had, we had just kind of talked about your staying power. And, and by the way, Zach, these... <laughs> yep. It's going to be hard to concentrate with these drinks, but we're going to try. No kidding. Um, we were just talking about your staying power, and you kind of told us how you first got it. What is right. this? That is my shoe room. It's my oh, oh, that is your shoe, shoe collection. Look so, on the left. Oh. So I had a producer that worked for me, Ben, about yeah. two and a half years ago that said, you got some pretty good clothes, sir, but you have no tennis shoe game. I'm like, Ooh, what are you talking wow. about? <laughs> He said, in our business, in the video production, it's all about the tennis shoes. That started me on a two-and-a-half-year quest. Wow. So That's incredible. my wife hates his guts now. <laughs> but I love Ben. Thank you, Ben. So... <laughs> Anyway, that's kind of how I got into it. positive transformation. So, exactly. So we're in drink two of, yeah. so of All Equal Parts. Thank you, Zach, again. And uh, you, we had just you know, ended with you saying you started a business in Augusta. Right, right. And you could have done 
it anywhere. Mm-hmm. And you, you, I would like to say you chose Augusta. We did. We and chose I, to and come I would back like to, to know Augusta. Why, why did well, you start this business here our, in Augusta? Our we'll family was our family was here, and we wanted to come home. I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. We were only nineteen years old, and came home. But whenever you were, whenever you, you left, you left. Uh, mm-hmm. the direct mail sales company, mm-hmm. and you had the ability to start a business. Right. You could have gone back to Atlanta, and you could have chased what some might call oh, yeah. bigger things. Well, remember that I that I worked in a shoe company in Atlanta, the Atlantic Square, for nine years. Right. And then they went belly up, belly up after 138 years. Right. So I was kind of like, well, what do we want to do? You know, right. I could have... I went to... Here's the interesting thing. You talk about college... I went down to, uh, I said, it's not a big deal. I know the managers at Macy's, Rich's at the time, mm-hmm. the big department stores. I'll just go down there and, and run their shoe departments. So I, and I talked with uh, all of them, and they were like, we would kill to have you come run our shoe department. The only problem is that you don't have a college degree. So you can't be in management if you don't have a college degree. Really? Yeah. So that's, at the time, was certainly true for all the department stores, I'm sure is now. So I couldn't, I couldn't go manage it. I could go sell shoes there. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, how sad for me to sell shoes, you know, until I'm 65 years old. Right. Although you can make some great money at it. It's hard to retire. It is. So uh, you have to be d- disciplined, which I'm not. So. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so that's why we decided to move back to Augusta, and mm-hmm. that's why I went to work with the um, at, with the direct mail uh, company, Jones Intercable. Right. So um, that's how it all kind of got started. It got started because I just didn't have a lot of options, you know, and so I came back to Augusta and basically made uh, lemonade out of some lemons. There and, it is. And we talked about, like, Tranner Gray. You started it in your bedroom. You moved to your to your garage. So we started. We started Super Super Savers mm-hmm. in the bedroom. So Super Savers. Super was Savers first. first yes, okay. and then about fifteen years ago, because of the um, having to do the TV, the production to make the right. Super Saver spots, I thought, well, gosh, if we could make some commercials for some other people, it would help pay for the direct mail piece. So I, that's an interesting story too. So when I went on my own, I knew I had to make my own commercials. Right. But the editing equipment was over $50,000. Right. Now, and, and I it would was barely... a totally different world. Oh, absolutely. What, and, what, when was this? Give us an idea of when this was. So let's see. I was uh, 30... It was probably 1982... 84. Okay. 1984. So when we're editing, people Oh, yeah. Because at that time, when you edited, you shot it, and then you edited on two different big tape machines. Mm-hmm. So you would do one, and then you would stop it, and then you would start the other one and hit the record. It was crazy. It was crazy how you had to do it. But um, that's, you know, that's what we did when we got started. So, so how do you get, get a $50,000 editing story. machine? So here's how you do it. <laughs> I had my accountant, which said, hey, Blaine, you need a banker. And I said, what do I need a banker for? I don't have collateral to get anything. I'm barely making my house payment, you know? Mm-hmm. And he said, well, let me uh, set up a lunch, and uh, let me set up a lunch with my banker and introduce you to him. So I had done a one-sheet proposal of how much the equipment would be and what I would need and what I projected, you know, Return literally on one sheet. Right. Yeah. And so um, I met the, the guy, the banker, at lunch, and uh, David was my accountant at the time, and um, 
He looked at it at the end of lunch, and I showed him the piece of paper. I needed $52,000. Wow. And he looked at me and said, okay, I'll give it to you, which is not done anymore today. <laughs> no. So How um, good was that lunch? It was amazing. <laughs> we need to find a lunch like and that I said, sometime. Yeah, and I said, well, I don't really have any collateral. I don't have enough equity in my house. He said, I'll do it on a signature loan. I think you're a good guy. Wow. So he was my banker for the next 10 years until he retired. And um, that's what I'm talking about when I say I've had so many great people and great things happen through my life that have it carried have me on. It wouldn't have made sense to go anywhere It would else. not have made any sense at all. So, um, But he was a great guy, and that's kind of what got me started. So you taught yourself to do the editing. I did not, remember? <laughs> I, I had my right. friend. right. That did it for a few years, and then um, I actually hired somebody to do it. Okay. Because I had no idea how to do it. My strong point, what I really learned over the years, is mm -hmm. my strong suit is selling, talking to people, and it's kind of difficult. I'm not a great manager of people because I think everybody should just come in and do their job, mm -hmm. and you know, because we're all getting paid to do what we do. But you know, they need to have a leader. So um, my son works with me, and we'll get into that. Okay. And he is real good. So I have two guys that are now junior partners with me. Uh, Rhett Bailey is my son, mm -hmm. and uh, greatest sales job I ever did. Uh, he was making over hundred thousand a year back nine years ago, and living in San Francisco for ten years. He worked for Van Shoe Company. He was the district manager for Van Shoes. Wow. Is that genetic? in the shoe business? Is that yeah, genetic? evidently. <laughs> And had a great job. And then the last two years, Levi Strauss came after him. And after seven interviews, they hired him to run their flagship store downtown. So he did that, and he did some marketing for them mm -hmm. in downtown San Francisco, which he absolutely loved. And I was able to convince him to leave that over $100,000 a year job, come to Augusta, make a third of the money, move back home. But I told him, you know, one day you could own this company and it could be something because Levi is a great company, but you are just a, a manager. Right. right. You'll never own it. And, mm -hmm. you know, you're just a number. And so um, he decided to move home. So he took wow. a big gamble, too. When was that? that? He's been with me now for almost nine years. Wow. So, That's yeah, awesome. nine years. So talk to us about the growth of your company that, that made you need to bring, you know, your right. son in and bring people in. So that was when we started Trainer Gray. Okay. Uh, we used to actually call be called SARB, S-A-R-B. Okay. Originally, when we started that Trenner company. Trainer Gray is better. Yes. Trainer Gray is better. Sarb <laughs> was the initials of Sally, Blaine, okay. Anna, and Rhett, which are my two kids, Anna and Rhett. Okay. It was either Bras or Sarb. So we went with Sarb. In <laughs> so, Augusta, um, it, Sarb was a better choice. In Augusta, San Francisco, Bras. Right, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So in uh, 2002 or three, we changed the name of the corporation to Trainer Gray Media. And a lot of people are like, where did you come up with that name from? <clears throat> Uh, my oldest son is named Grayson. My oldest grandson is named Grayson. Oh, and wow. And the second okay. one is named Tranner. So oh. Tranner Gray came That's from really my, cool. two, my two my two oldest of my nine grandchildren. It seems like everything so, you've done since you were 24 was for your family. Uh, well, I wouldn't say... Is that, is that a stretch? Well, no. I mean, hopefully that I've led a life of good decisions. Mm -hmm. You know, an interesting thing, my son and I were talking about it uh, a, a little while back, but we went to go see a movie called Legends of the Fall. I don't know if you guys have ever I've seen, not that, seen movie. that movie. It's an early Brad Pitt movie. It was a great movie. I have to see this. It's an amazing movie. It's about three brothers that grew up out in the West with their father. But anyway, it's at the end of the movie, 
the oldest oldest son always did everything his dad wanted. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever he wanted, he got into, you know, became a mayor of the town. And then the middle brother was just the screw up, just did everything wrong. But everybody loved the middle son. Mm-hmm. And I remember my son asking me, he said, Dad, why does everybody love the middle son so much who just didn't do anything, was just wild and awesome, but they didn't really like the oldest son as much? And I said, you know what? That's an interesting question. Mm. I said, you know, hopefully what you can look back and say, you've tried tried mm-hmm. to have a life of good decisions. And good decisions, are to me, are always what's best for your family. Mm. You know, so I've tried to live that way, what's best for your family, what's best for your friends. Um, friends are very, very important part of my life, too. I have, have some amazing friends. Some of my best ones are from eighth and ninth grade. Mm. You know, they're still my friends wow. today. Yeah. But I've made a lot of friends in the media business. Uh, uh, Rick Donaldson was somebody that I was in business with for quite a few years. You know, mm-hmm. I, he came and was in business with me. He now has his own ad agency, and I have my own ad agency. Um, but there's multiple people that I've worked with through the years that have helped me move on. But I hopefully, you know, they can I can look back and say, you know what, I've tried to lead a good life and be honest and be a good, mm-hmm. honest person in business dealings. You know, sometimes I have people say, well, it's not, you know, it's, it's, it's not personal. It's just business. And I'm like, no, it's all personal because my business is personal to me. Mm-hmm. So you don't think you can get away with stump doing something wrong just because in the name of business. It's not. It is all personal. And you leave that legacy and people do business with you a lot of times because they know that you try to be a good, honest person and do the right thing. That's how you got your editing machine. That's exactly how I got my editing machine. That's exactly right. We'll be back with tons more conversation with Blaine and conversation about the successes in the modern story of Tranor Gray. But before we do that, we want to talk to you guys about a community partner that we're really excited about, and that's the Clubhouse. The Clubhouse is a co-working space, and they have had a rough 2020. A lot of the networking and co-working stuff that goes on there, they've really struggled not being able to do it. And so it's really exciting to be able to announce on their behalf that their Lunch and Learns are going to be back starting November 18th with a personal great friend of mine, Robbie King. The Clubhouse is great as a co-working space and as a networking space. If you're interested, they definitely have offices and memberships available right now. Please check them out at theclubhow.se. That's theclubhow.se. And if you're interested... Contact Chase at chase at theclubhow.se. And now we're going to take you guys right back to the show. Thank you for listening. This is the Drop the Disc podcast recorded at Augusta Podcast Studio. So let's take it to the present because there's a Mm -hmm. lot to talk about what you do right Right. now that we haven't even touched on yet. Right. So we're nine years ago, 2011. You just you just brought your son on. So here's before I brought my son on. Okay. Uh, Eleven years ago. Okay. There I needed a new video producer because mine was leaving, and at the time I only had one. That's all we could afford to do. And uh, I had a friend of mine on the last day that I was decided I'm just going to go ahead and, and hire this guy that had been working with me. He knew I was looking for somebody else, but he had been great. He'd worked for me for as long as I needed him. He said, and I decided I was going to go ahead and hire him. So. Um, a friend of mine called that was in video production. He said, I've got this kid kid that you need to look, take a look at. I said, no, I've decided I'm going to hire this other guy. We're good. You know, he said, no, no, you really need to take interview this kid, take a look at his stuff. I go, no, no, I'm good. 
Finally, he convinced me. I said, okay, fine. Tell him to come on over today, and I'll talk to him. He came over, and his name was Tyler Jackson. And he was a skinny little kid that had moved down here from uh, St. Louis. He had moved down here to work at a church, Warren, Warren Baptist Church, in their media department. And I said, well, show me what you have. He said, well, I don't really have any video video, but what I have is some stuff that I've done for the church, which was basically graphic, graphics work okay. that he had put on video. Okay. It was so incredibly amazing that in 10 minutes I hired him. I said, I'm willing to hire you in one condition. I said, what I'm looking to do is move my production company. Because, you know, I always, I'm always looking for something that's different than right. anybody else. I said, why would you use me and this is versus 2009. somebody else? A lot of right. businesses in 2009 right. were making some hard decisions. Right, exactly. It was a really rough time. So uh, I said, what I want to do is I want to start a production company that looks like commercials come out of, you know, out of New York, California, Miami. That's what I'm looking to do. And I'm willing to invest in you and what we need if you think you can give me that. Mm. And he said, I think I can give you that. And that was 11 years ago. Wow. And four Emmys later that we own, mostly because of Rhett and Tyler, the work that they do together, my son and Tyler. So they're both, both partners of mine now in Trainer Gray. But they do incredibly amazing. But they have the same... Uh, I'm, I'm thrilled to say that my son has that same attitude of always being honest and doing what you promised. Tyler has that also in spades. Um, he's very low-keyed, but he goes the extra mile. And my son taught me a great saying. It's the little things that take it from good to great. Mm. So that's what we try to do. I think that's the reason why we've been so successful with our production company. Hands down, I believe that we are the best video production company in town. So we do a lot of great work. We do, the guys do a lot of travel. They've been to five countries in Africa. We've been to the Philippines. We've been to multiple countries there doing video. They travel the world. They've been to Turkey. Um, just because of the work that, that they put out. Mm -hmm. um, and I've been very, very blessed with both of them. So I've had a blessed life. And and how how big is your company now? I mean, are um, we still, still? We have we have okay. sixteen of us. Okay, wow. Now that work, wow. and that's Super Saver the, and Trainer Gray. Right, that, well, we have Home Direct and Home Direct. Trainer Gray. I'm so sorry. That's, that's okay. Home Direct that's and okay. Trainer Gray. Nobody else gets it right anywhere, anyways. <laughs> anyway, but yeah. So there's uh, sixteen of us right now, I think. And um, yeah, it's a you know whenever I thought that I would have the kind of payroll that I have mm. in a million years, and if you'd have told me. You know, 15, 10 years ago that I would be doing the business, the annual business, I thought, well, I'll just be sitting on, you know, St. Martin on the beach there. <laughs> you guys can mail me my check. But, you know, it's amazing when you want good people, you have to pay them. So, you know, but I, I would have never in a million years believed that we pay out the people that we do. But you have to take care of the people that work right. with you because I've got a whole, a whole business full of amazing people. And we've come and gone and gone through a lot. I, but I was telling somebody the other day, I said, you know, I don't think I know anybody else that has had as many people leave them to go to a different job, which I always encourage you, if you find something better to improve your life, you should. Give me the opportunity first before you go. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, that we're still friends with. So, you know, we're still really good friends with the people that have come and gone through the years. And I think that's a great thing, you know. So we just did an episode with, uh, with Pork Chop. 
I heard that one. And the interesting thing about Porkchop is that he does so much really, really cool art, and nobody ever gets to know really that it was him. And you're right. kind of in a similar situation right. in that the best work that you do promotes other people. Correct. Are there any projects that you're comfortable telling us that you're just like super proud that you were able to be a part of? Well, you know, it's funny that you asked that. Yes, I am. And I'm, I'm fortunate enough that I have a friend that I, a professor at AU that I actually go and do talks with a couple times a year to their graduating class or their business class. And uh, I'll tell you an interesting story. So probably about eight, I guess it was eight years ago, we had somebody that came to us from, um, it's now called Forces United. Yeah. And it is the military yes. uh, group that does things for all the military guys here in town. Mm-hmm. When they started, there were over 200 homeless veterans in Augusta. I think there's one now. You know, wow. And only because he chooses to be. Right. Um, but that thought they were a great organization. Of course, me being an Army brat, they came to us and said, look, this is during 2010, 910, mm-hmm. I guess is mm-hmm. when it was. Yeah. So it was a little more longer than that where they were originally, their, their game plan was to get donations just from funds from big businesses. Mm-hmm. So they wouldn't actually go and do, uh, try to get money from other places other than these big businesses. And uh, that worked great until everything dried up back in 2010. Right. And their funding dried up. And uh, so somebody had told them about us. They came to us. And I told the guy, I said, you know, I, I, I want to help you. I said, but I'm going to have to speak to my wife because this is going to be a good, you know, three, four, five months project that I'm going to have to have somebody in full time. So we're going to have to bear that expense. And they just had a little bit of money that they had left that they could advertise with. So we took it upon ourselves and we created some videos for them. Uh, and that back then it was called, um, it's Forces United now. Oh, I'm trying to, the name's escapes me anyways uh so we made this eight minute video a young fellow named joe mole that worked with me made this video and we had interviewed probably 10 or 12 veterans that they had helped and the video was so moving and so great that i told them i said here's my idea i said i'm going to go to other media outlets and see what they could do to help us raise money for this organization so the first place I went was to Channel 6, talk with uh, Bill Stewart. Okay. Three minutes into the video, he said, can you stop it right here and let me go get my, my uh, associates. He brought them all into the room. We played the rest of the video. He looked at me and said, whatever you need, we will do. And I said, well, I'm thinking about doing uh, um, a telethon, you know, to try to raise money for them. He said... Yeah. Okay, let me let us discuss it and figure out how we can do that. So at that time, they actually had NBC and ABC together. So what they did is they put a, a, a program together to do one half hour. They would do it on ABC, a two minute break. The other half hour they do it done on NBC for two minute break, and we would have a telethon. And I got uh, so I went to the radio station, and they got involved. And I went to the billboard company, and they said, "How can I help?" And what they did all, they ran ads for them, but they also did all through the day of the telethon, they were putting the numbers up yeah. all oh. through the day. Wow. Yeah, exactly. So it really got the community. The uh, Augusta Chronicle got involved and did stories about some of the GIs, the guys, that we, the veterans that we had 
interviewed and talked to. That's incredible. So everybody in town came together. All the different marketing companies came together, other agencies, and we raised that money. Now, I think we ended up raising $32,000 by the end of the day. And I was super disappointed because they needed $350,000 to keep themselves in business. Right. But what it was the Augusta Warrior Project. What was different about them and the National Wounded Warrior is that the Wounded Warrior helps soldiers that were physically wounded from 9-11 up. Mm. The Augusta Warrior Project helped any veteran from any area with any problem. I mean, they would help, uh, you know, if a a veteran was sick or committed suicide, they would then take the wife and the children. They had programs for them. You could say, I need help with this, you know, with care. And they would send somebody over and they would fill out all the paperwork. And their deal was they had learned to cut through all the red tape. So the way it started is they got the VA involved and the university hospital and all these different agencies, the governor, I mean, the government, you know, we had the senators all came together and said, okay, what can we do to cut through this red tape and actually help these veterans here locally? And they did that, and they're amazing. So at I was disappointed in the 32000 By the end of the year, we had raised over $450,000. They ran wow. commercials for us. They did all these different things. The newspaper ran stories. The billboard company did I billboards think through the years. I heard someone tell me about this. Yes. Like, I think this is something that's like... right. Right. Famous almost. Well, from that, uh, I hope I'm telling the story correctly. From that, the eight minute video had kind of gone on around in DC and some people had seen it and they sent it to, I think they sent it to the Wounded Warrior Project, the national company. Mm -hmm. And then they brought the, at that time, uh, the guy that was running it up here, his name was Jim. They brought him up here and they gave him like a $6 million loan to start the project in six other cities around the South. Wow. And then I think two years later, they gave him another big chunk to start in six more cities. So if you don't think amazing things can happen out of a small town of Augusta, this is an agency that helps 15 to 2,500 veterans here. Can you imagine what they do in 13 different cities? It was all about to go under because they had lost their funding. So, you know... We were lucky enough to be on the back end of that, to start that going. I don't work with them so much now. I hate that I don't, but, you know, people have to move on and do other things. Right. But I'm very proud of the work that we did for them, and I think that my dad looks down on us and smiles because, you know, he's a veteran. Right. And it was very special to me and my wife. My father-in-law was a veteran also. Both of them retired here from the military. Mm -hmm. So it was a real special project for us, and to know that, we kind of started that all here in Augusta just because people had been good to me and I felt like it was time that I needed to give back to my community. And veterans are everything. I, right. I think that probably 70% of this market is here in one way or another because you know the Army, the, the service, they've retired here. Great-grandfathers have retired here and their families live here. That's certainly how I got here. So um, I, I think it's been a great thing for our town and I think that you know we've been very blessed. I'm, Hardy Davis, we work with, he's been amazing mm-hmm. to help with a lot of different things. You know, um, a lot of the people in here have just been amazing. And if you think that this is a, a little old town that, that nothing mm-hmm. goes on, you are so, so sorely wrong. This is a great community that we live in. So I love, I love it that I'm from here. Don't go anywhere. We've got a lot more conversation coming after the break. 
Thank you guys for listening. This is the Drop the Disc podcast recorded at Augusta Podcast Studio. Hey guys, we love talking about beer and it's because Savannah River Brewery is our 2020 drink sponsor and they provide us beer for every episode. They also provide an awesome atmosphere in the tap room. If you have not checked out their tap room, I want you to go this weekend. Check it out. Grab a beer. I believe David's IPA is still on tap. The Pineapple Session. Check it out. Savannah River Brewery. They have fun events. They have fun live music. They've got fun beer that they brew every week. Check out their Facebook if you'd like to get updates. Savannah Savannah River Brewery Company. Check them out. So the first thing I want to do is get another drink. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, my mouth is dry. I'm ready for Because I now. see Zach over here, and he wants to give us another drink. Is I, that right, Zach? I can wait to something else up. I brought stuff for two. Oh, you brought stuff for two, I Zach. make anything else. Yeah, I'll, full I'll share. Are you willing to make something else? He just made an incredible old-fashioned for me. Ah, what about, it's delicious. What about uh, a couple clones of that? Would that be okay? A couple what? Two more old-fashions. No, you sure. So you're talking about your involvement, right? Right. You're also really involved with the Chambers of Commerce. We are. I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. You know, you go in and out. So we are involved with the Chambers, and they've been really good to us also. So we do. Uh, matter of fact, the last um, Emmy Award that we won was for the video that we did for um, the CVB here in Augusta. Really? Yeah, it was a great Tyler Don and Rhett did a great job. Right now, we're doing some... Did you guys do that video that the CVB put out recently? It's yes. really good. That is such yes. a good video. It really yes. is. Yes, we're very proud of it. Doesn't it look like it came out of L.A. and New it, York? It does. It, it really does. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's but very, it very good. it came from Evans, Georgia. It came from Evans, Georgia. That's right. <laughs> it's crazy. But I live in Evans, but I'm still an Augusta boy. But it's So it's time to talk about 2020, Trenner Sure. Gray. It's time okay. to talk about what you're, where you are right now. Right. And, and kind of where you want to be, right? Okay. So this is this is a difficult time for a lot of companies. Right. And your business, I feel like, has a really good opportunity to reach a lot of people because of the way that, you know, when, when you came out with the multiple commercials, for example, right. like you're right. like, hey, listen, we understand that small businesses don't have a lot of money, right? right. And right. when Super Saver started and, and it's... as it's changed over time, it was for businesses that really wanted to generate activity. Right. That's what we need right now. Yeah, we charge our customers. And when they're in Home Direct, when they're in the commercials, we make our money from the direct mail. So the commercials cost my clients $99 to run 12 to 15 times on broadcast TV. That's all it costs. Which if anybody knows anything. It doesn't cover all the costs. So we make our money from direct mail, and that's just a byproduct that we're able to give them. Um, because I want to be able to give them some notoriety. I want them to be able to see, you get the one-two punch, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I've, I've been thrilled. We have not gone up on those commercial prices in probably 12 years, wow. and we only charge what we know we have to pay. So uh, you know, the broadcast companies have been really good to us, too. So, it, and, oh, go ahead, do, Chris. Do you keep that rate because we're in Augusta? Or? I keep, no. Okay. I keep that rate. The idea was that we would do... Um, let five businesses all put in $100, $99, mm-hmm. and then we take that $500 and we buy airtime with it. Gotcha. So it promotes them. So ABC was gracious enough to work with us. I Now, look, I'm starting to do some work and talk with um, 
you know, they're all good around here. Fox Station is amazing. We've done mm-hmm. some great stuff here. Uh, when when COVID started, the first couple about six weeks, you know, the big company started putting out commercials. You know, we're here together. We're all, all right. in this Walmart in this, and I told my guys, I said, you know what, we need to do something for our town. And I don't know if you guys have ever seen that commercial, but we did one for Augusta, and it turned out amazing. So what I did is that we went to each of the broadcast companies and to cable, mm-hmm. Comcast Cable, and said, look, we have this commercial to promote Augusta and how we all need to get through this and pull through together. And, you know, we'll be, you know, the commercial says, you know, we'll play golf again. <laughs> we'll we'll raise glasses, that, you know, at the ball game again. I have seen that commercial. Have you seen that? It, it gives you chills. It does. It does what you want it to do. It, it does. So we invested a little bit of money and uh, to all the different broadcast TVs and cable, and they actually ran that and ran it multiple times, way more than what we paid for because they believed in, in Augusta too. So we spent time a couple weeks putting off. That's all footage that we've shot through the year. You know, since we've yeah. been here, and we put that commercial together, and it was really a strong, powerful commercial. But all of the stations here in town ran it mostly as a PSA. We paid mm-hmm. a little bit, you know, but I, I invested into our community, you know, yeah. and wanted everybody to know, you know, we literally all are in this together, and we will pull through, and we will, you know, obviously, you know, six months later, we didn't know where we would be, but. You know, at that time, I felt like we needed something because I think in the very beginning, we were all kind of like a little bit like 9-11. I don't know if you guys are old enough to really remember oh, that, yeah. but it's oh, like, yeah. oh, my God, what's going to happen? You know, where yeah. are we? Are we going to be closed down for six months? Are we all going to lose our business? How are we going to afford this? How are we going to afford that? You know, and I think it was something that was needed to say, you know what? We literally are all in this together, and we are going to pull through it together. And this is a great town from South Side. All the way to, you know, to Aiken, to mm-hmm. Columbia County. It's just a great place, you know. So I, that's why I love, you know, what you guys stand for. You know, let's not diss Thank Augusta. You. Right. You know, I, th- I thought it was a great title because I'm a firm believer in that uh, we're really blessed to live here. Oh, Zach, that was excellent timing. I don't know if you... you are the man, Zach. I don't know if you plan that. Look, talk about this drink real quick. I'm going to turn your mic on. It's not my first time here. <laughs> That's not vodka. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is definitely going to be more brown and spirit forward than the last two drinks. But it's just a classic old fashioned. Just uh, you know. Yep. Last week was old fashioned week. Yeah. Yeah. So why not Happy celebrate? Happy old fashioned week. I'm wash it down with back. this one. <laughs> so Zach, uh, real quick, thank you for being here at all equal parts. Absolutely. Uh, talk about what you do, real quick. Take sure. our take our airwaves. So I do uh, make cocktails, uh, do spirits and consult consultations. Uh, I do private events. You work with like businesses. You do events. Yeah, I've I've written menus for local places in yeah. town. I've trained bartenders. I do private parties. I do spirits tastings. Hit them up at All Equal Parts mm. on Instagram. That's the or best one. Right. All Equal Parts at Gmail dot com. Oh, he's official. Perfect crazy love it all right well, you're muted make again. sure you have my card and i have your card at the end of this because <laughs> these drinks are amazing thank you zach <laughs> zach is slick the card's already there yes so he is i'm gonna ask you a, a one more question probably you, nobody knows um okay. and Who and then knows? i'm gonna talk i'm gonna probably toss you over to chris to let chris kind of wrap us okay. up okay um but but here's what i want to talk about before we oh perfect before we go We've kind of talked about, you know, how you how Trainer Gray came mm-hmm. to be, 
how how Home Direct came to be, right? And where you are right now, and how you guys really want to be like almost like a central uniting force in the community. Correct. Now, I I want to talk about the future of your company. Okay, let's talk so about it. We know that you just hired Michael Silvio Fortino because an amazing hire. He sounds like he was he really an amazing is. hire. Yes, but he's a different direction from the things that you've done in the past. He is. So I'm interested. We're curious. What yes. is the future? <laughs> what is uh, is Augusta gonna have a movie studio? I I think that at some point that we will. I think that Augusta is gonna end up being a major contributor. You know, I think we're not, we're now the second largest state in the country, other than California, that does video mm-hmm. film production. Yes. Mm-hmm. So. Um, you know, with the new place opening up in Atlanta. So they're going to be looking for places. You know, we just have to make sure that our local government works good, well together. Mm-hmm. You know, each of the counties, that, you yeah, know, that's Aiken, all, that's Columbia, everybody. right, Richmond. Right. They need, to, they need to just calm it down and work together. We could be really outside of Atlanta, you know, one of the largest production companies in this town. Uh, we have a lot to offer. We have some incredibly talented people. And one of the things that attracted us to Michael is that we, you know, when I told you that it's the little things that take it from good to great. Right. Right. So one of the things that we have been struggling with a little bit is when we shoot a high-end spot or a great spot, which, by the way, we do for about a tenth of what it would cost you in Atlanta, Mm -hmm. um, but it's still an investment. It was the little things. You know, when you go to shoot a, a, a... Thanksgiving dinner scene that you have, you know, flowers and mashed potatoes and the right amount of forks and everything so it looks natural and real. Well, that takes a lot of time, Mm -hmm. you know. And what we found in Michael is that his pre-production was amazing. He thinks of every little detail. I bet he does. He really does. So he is amazing, and we are so blessed that we found him. And, you know, we found him because of the covid you know, really? thing, yeah, yeah, because he was in Atlanta living and working That's and right. doing well. And when all that started, I mean, everything as far as acting, just production just dried up. So he moved back home, which he's from here. And um, so he was telling me, you know, the other night, he said, you know, I was kind of lost. He said, you guys kind of helped save me a little bit. I'm like, are you kidding me? You have <laughs> saved us, you know? So he's great, great. But I've got, uh, I've got a stable of great people like that. I have one of the best graphic designers, I think, in the state. She's amazing, Deegan Cheek. You know, I've got my son, who is an amazing writer. I've got Tyler Jackson, who is an amazing videographer. He goes home from work and works and learns. I said, Mm. the difference with Tyler and everybody else is that, you know, the the magic is done in the editing suite. That's really where it's done. Yeah. Uh, you know, most people know about 40 different things that they can do when they're editing with the programs they use. Tyler knows 240 mm. because he goes home and he reads and he studies and he practices and he works. He doesn't He doesn't do any, you know, when he goes home, he still continues to learn because he loves it so much. And those are the little things. And, you know, Rhett makes us be very meticulous. You know, he his writing is incredible. Um, but I've got a whole, you know, studio full of people like that, you know, great social media, great, all those things that you need. So one of the things you asked me, what's different about Trainer Gray? That's right. So one of the things that makes it different, as I told you, I always look for something that makes you unique 
Why would you use me? And most ad agencies have three or four people that work in them. It's usually salespeople, you know, and they might have one, you know, a secretary or something. What they don't have is when you have an agency, what you do is you go outside to do video production. You go outside to write the commercial video content. You go outside to do graphic design. You have all these people that you have outside that you pull together and work with, but you're on their timeline. So if they mm-hmm. have something else that they're doing or this and that, plus you don't have everybody to get together in a cohesive group. Mm-hmm. So like our, our agency is all open. So the designer works, sits in the same room as the producer, and the you know, social media person is in the same room with everybody else. Mm-hmm. So what I wanted was one place where a company could come and they get everything. So at times what you'll, what you'll find is that over time is that when you see an ad, you know that it came from this particular company because the graphics all fit together, the mm-hmm. video fits together, the social media fits together, everything works together. So if I'm talking about graphic design, the social media guy is sitting right there, you know, in the same room, you know. So he'll say, "Well, what if we do this?" Mm-hmm. The creativeness that we have, you know, together is amazing, and that's, you know, whenever whenever COVID hit, we you know worked from home for for two months. Right. But then we tried as quickly as we could as to get everybody back together because was no matter tough? it was very tough. It was very tough because no matter how well your people work, you know, on their own, they know what they have to do and they do it. It's still you don't have that 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 brainstorming. You don't mm-hmm. have that group of, hey, you know what? What if we tried this? You know, what if we tried this? You know, to me, there's nothing that is more exciting than to sit in a, at around a table in a conference room and say, okay, we have this customer that is trying to do this. And we, I remember, I always remember we, one of my first ones that we had this company called the White Brothers that sold auto parts and they only sold wholesale. They wanted to start selling retail. So they had no material, you know, they just worked <laughs> with garages right. and that. So they came to us. So we sat around and we said, okay. And I brought everybody in, the secretaries, they were all of us sitting in the conference room. I said, no, you can't say anything stupid, okay? <laughs> so we were talking about how would we sell auto parts retail to a company that's been wholesale for 40 years. Mm. And so we sat around and we threw out things and we laughed and we talked about it. And what we ended up saying is one of the girls said, I wish my husband loved me as much as he loves his car. She had a 1957 Chevy. It was beautiful, completely redone. And, you know, we kind of laughed. And then I got thinking, you know what? Let's, let's think about that. So we ended up making a campaign that um, we went in the studio. We had about a million dollars worth of antique cars in the studio wow. Wow. that we shot. And, you know, and we did things like, you know, um, I, I, I wish, what, what was one of the things I'm trying to think? said, oh, we had two 57 Chevys together and a guy standing in the middle. And I think his line was, whoever said there was only one thing on a man's mind. You know, <laughs> you know, and all little, you know, little sayings kind of like that, you know, like yeah, little teasers. Right. <laughs> and um, we came up with the slogan at the time, you know, um, McDonald's or one of us doing parts as parts with their chicken, with their chicken. So we came up, we said, you know what, parts is parts, but we have more than anybody else, you know, and That's they did. Great. They had a huge stock room with right. more wow. parts than anybody else. And it was a great campaign. And 
I remember thinking that we sat out in this room right here and we talked about this and we came up and we developed it. And the next thing you know, you see billboards mm-hmm. with the shot, you know, the stuff you've done. You see commercials, you see print ads, all these things that this group of people came up together that we laughed at at first. Right. You know, <clears throat> and it's just the coolest thing. It's the thing that I love the most to be able to do, to be able to create, create that. But you have to surround yourself with really great people. And I feel like we've done that. We've been really blessed with the right people. We've gone through a lot of people over a lot of years, but I think we've kind of come out with the cream of the crop. And, uh, you know, and, and to say that, you know, like I say, I have four Emmy Awards that they've won. Mm-hmm. The last one was for the video of Augusta. But before that, it was videos that we did. I don't know if you guys ever saw um, what really kind of started us, our, our claim to fame, was uh, we had a, uh, an op- one-hour optical. It was an optical company that came to us, and they wanted to do a PSA about texting and driving. Okay. And so we came up with an idea, They, Tyler and Rhett did, where we would have this video where a girl was texting you know, her mom that she would be home you know, a little later, and a lady driving with her two kids, and they on this road, and the car starts to swerve over, and right before the car's hit, it stops. And the driver, the girl gets out of her car, and the mom gets out of her car, and they talk to each other. And the lady, the mom says, you know what? You, you've got to look up. My babies are in the car. Mm. That one line that said, my babies are in the car, hit the nerve of so many moms and parents yeah. that that... That video that we put on Channel 6 as a PSA, uh, that, that one-hour optical paid for and ran, one lady called and told uh, Channel 6, and said, look, would you mind putting that commercial on your Facebook because I want to show it to my kids because school starts back in a couple year, weeks, and that is a very chilling commercial to me, and I want them to see it. I want them yeah. to the reality yeah. of texting and driving. From the minute they put that on there, within the next year, we had been seen over 350 million times worldwide. Wow. Worldwide. We end up giving that commercial to people all over the country, all over the world, to be able to run. You know, we had set up where we would do uh, show that at high schools, and we would have people come in and talk about how they lost their child, you know, to texting and driving and this and that. It was a huge epidemic, but to be seen by 350 million people... You can't really even fathom. How did fathom? that feel? Well, I'll tell you when I really realized it. I had about seven or eight months after I had run, I'd take my grandkids when they turned 13 on a trip anywhere in the 48 states that they want to go. So we spent about three or four days, and my one, my oldest grandson at the time was 13. We took him to Washington, D.C. So we were at a hotel that night. I tucked everybody in. I decided to go down to the bar and have a drink. So I was sitting there having a drink, and I got to talking to some people at the bar, as you always do. And one of the ladies said, well, um, where are you from? I said, well, I'm from Augusta, Georgia. And she was from, one lady was from New Jersey, and the other one was from out west somewhere. And they said, well, what do you do? And I said, well, I have a production company, a small production company. Well, have you ever done anything that we would have seen? I'm like, well, not there, not in Washington <laughs> State, you know, New Jersey. I said, well... You know, we do have this one commercial that we did, and I explained it to them, and both of them looked and said, oh, my God, I have seen that commercial. That's an amazing commercial. Now, 
I'm from Augusta, Georgia. I'm talking to somebody from New Jersey. That's insane. And somebody from, you know, Washington State or somewhere up there. And they had both seen that commercial on, you know, on Facebook through, you know, just replaying, replaying, replaying. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time that I thought, wow. Yeah. The power of media is so amazing. You never know where it's going to end up. And you don't. So, you know, we all have, um, we all need to remember that. In, in the business, you know, you think that you, not that many people know who you are, more and more people are knowing. So you never know where that, you know, piece of that podcast is going to go <laughs> and what it's going to do. So I think you guys True. do a great service True. for this town. Thank you so well, thank much, you. Blaine. So, can, oh. can I get you to actually, I'm, I'm interested, I want to put you on the spot really quickly. Okay. I, Let me you, take a drink then. That's fine. That's that's a good idea. <laughs> By the way, Zach, this this is really good too. You're the best, Zach. Um. <laughs> You, you've kind of talked about this. We've had a few business people on recently, and yeah. a question I like to ask them before they get off the show is, I'd like you to talk to the next generation of business people, and I'd love you to give them some of your advice. Well, that's an interesting question, because I guess everybody's is, is what they do is different, but one thing that is universal is be the man that you think you should be, be the person, the business that you think mm-hmm. you should be, and always keep your word. Your word is more important than you realize. Um, people get to know you from that, and they get to know your business from that. You know, if I talk to people all around print and direct mail. They keep saying, oh, man, you're, people have been telling me I'm going to go out of business for 20 years. <laughs> yeah. you know? And there's probably no logical reason why we would still be in business in the direct mail business uh, other than just sheer determination and will to succeed. I have a very strong will that I want to be respected, that I want to do you know, good for my family and my community, and that when I say something, I would rather crawl across broken glass than break my promise to you. I'm not saying it doesn't ever happen, right. but I'm saying you, know, you should be conscious of it because when people say it's just business, those are people I don't want to do business with. Right. So, you know, I'm not saying things don't go wrong, mm-hmm. but if it does, you should be on the phone or face-to-face saying, Own here's an it. issue that I had. Right. Yeah. Own up to it. And um, I think that that's important. I, I, you know, from a lot of the shows that you see on TV now, and, you know, it's kind of like, well, business is business, and I'm not a firm believer in that. Yeah. I'm a firm believer in that you're a person of your word, and you need to keep your word no matter what. And if you can't, then you need to have a discussion with the people that you gave it to. And, uh, I, you know, the, to me, that's the most important thing. You know, sad to say a lot of people that out in the business world, you know, they don't necessarily feel that way. Mm-hmm. But I think that living in the town that we live in, we have more people that do feel that way than don't. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I know one of the questions you guys usually ask is, you know, what do you think, you know, what, what do you think about this, Augusta? Oh, yeah. hold on. Chris I, is I'm, about to ask okay, that. I'm going to ask you a question. I'm ready, Chris. And then I want to ask a follow-up after sure. that. Uh, it goes hand in hand. Before we do that, we are proud and excited and overwhelmed to announce our first ever Drop the Disc Question sponsor. And before Chris takes us away, let me remind you guys that Chris has a really cool new segment called Around Augusta that will play immediately after the episode. He talks about rumors, he talks about development, he talks about businesses coming downtown. It's a short segment. It's definitely worth your time. Make sure you check it out, Around Augusta, after the show. 
This week's Drop the Disc question is sponsored by Cheap Inflatable Rentals. If you want to have a great party, guys, it's weather is getting better and it's getting cooler and you're going to want to be outside. If you want to have a party and you want to have a slip and slide that's blown up, if you want to have a bounce house, if you want to have a slide that's blown up, but you don't have the best budget for that, I'm here to tell you that Cheap Inflatable Rentals has you. They've got incredibly low rates, the cheapest in Augusta. If you're interested, you can call them at 706-339-1821 or simply visit their website, cheapinflatablerentals.com. And if you give them this promo code, drop the disc podcast, you will receive $25 off your order. Check them out. Now back to drop the disc question. We're drop the disc podcast. Right. We are trying to drop that diss mm-hmm. that we hear so often. <clears throat> Excuse me. If someone were to walk up to you and talk negatively about the city, it could be anywhere. What would your response be to them? My response, and I've had a lot of people that move to town that like, let me do my two years in this crummy little town and then get out. Right. And then at the end of two years, they're like, I don't, I don't want to leave. Mm. Um, this is a great town, but it's as great as you want it to be. If you are a positive-thinking person, it's going to be great because there's a lot of great people. For the money, you can't – the quality of life that we have here in Augusta is so much better than most people have. And I hate it when people say, well, there's nothing to do there. I'm like, if there's nothing to do here, it's just because you're not looking. Mm. I said, you know, where else can you live where you're an hour from the mountain – I mean, two hours from the mountain – Two hours from the beach, two hours from the big city. What do you want to do? You know, and then in, in our community, we have a great arts community. I mean, we've got great. If you've never been to see the Augusta Players, you are missing something. Missing out, yes. If you've never been to the Augusta Ballet, I'm not even a big ballet person, but I'm amazed, you know, of what we have here, you know. Um, I thought about this early, and I don't, I don't know. I'm going to say it anyways. Do it. Please. Thank you, Shay. So about, I guess it was 2016, I was in a bar here in town, and it was just me, and I was having drinks, having a drink, and there were two black guys sitting at the end of the bar, and they were talking about, you know, what they wanted, you know, what they wanted for Augusta. They both lived in South Augusta at the time. I lived in Evans. I think we were were on Bobby Jones at Ruby Tuesdays or something. Ruby Tuesdays. Ruby Tuesdays. Nice. So um, they were, I kind of eavesdropping and listened to them. And I, and I scooted down to the end of the bar. I said, you know what, guys? I said, I want to ask you all something. You both, obviously, for me, eavesdropping. I know that you both have kids. You're both married. What do you really want? I mean, what is your goal to have in life? Is it, is it, you know, is it to raise a, you know, a good family? And they said, yes, we want to raise, we want to be a good place where our children are safe. We want to have good schools. We want to have a job where we make a decent money where we can afford these things for our children, you know. These are things we, we, that we want. And I said, you know what? It's no different than what I want. From Southside to Columbia to Aiken, what we really all want is a place where we get along well together, and I think we do here. You know, every place has their, you know, their issues, but it's a place where you get along well together. We can educate. We can live in a safe place and a nice place. Like it. Everybody wants the same thing. It's just we may have different ways of going about it, but I don't care what you say about other people in this town. If you look at somebody, 
they want the same thing. Am I right? I mean, is that what you hope to do? Is to oh, have absolutely. a good yeah, job, a good right. a, a good education, you know, be able to afford to have a good place for your family, raise your kids in a safe place, have a good school. So we all want the same thing. We just have to figure out how we make that happen for everybody that lives in this town. So that's what I think. I think this is a great place to live. I love it. This place has been amazing to, you know, to an army brat that never had really a home, you know, before he was 13 that he could call his own. This is my home. I mean, I love it here and I love these people. I want to ask a fun question. Sure. Uh, You love Augusta. I do. Can you tell some of our listeners, all of our listeners, some of the places that uh, you, you like to enjoy here in Augusta? Well, I will tell you, I just found Edgar's again, oh, downtown. Yes. Very nice. Love Edgar's here. <laughs> this is a great place. Wow, it's kind of on the spot here. I'm trying to think, um, <laughs> you know, what do I love? I love, uh, you know, I, I'm a big T-Bones guy. There it is. Love yeah. T-Bones. Okay. You know, amazing chicken wings. Nobody can... You know, duplicate. Is there a it. better yeah. billboard than T-Bone's billboard yeah. that, that has best steak in Augusta for, for and they like just change it every 30 year? 30 years, exactly. <laughs> Let's print up a new one for this year, yeah. right? Um, they're great. You know, those are great guys that run that place. Um, I mean, and, and we are growing. Um, you know, Michael uh, that owns Pizza Joint, great mm. place. Sean that owns Model Mushroom, mm. great guy, great place. Um um, I'm trying to think of the one back over here. Um, I love Weir. Um, We're, Noble Jones. Noble Jones. Noble yes. Jones. Noble Jones. Thank it's you, an amazing place. I've been to Austin and to Houston and had their brisket. Uh, is it brisket? Yeah. Unbelievable. He has the closest that I've seen in town to actual Texas brisket. It is amazing. His food's amazing. Um, uh, where else? Uh, uh, Mike's place over the Italian place over oh, there yeah. is great. You know, I, and there's so many, I mean, there's so many, you know, mm. we love, um, you know, we love Mexican food in our family. My wife would eat it every, you know, every day, you know, <laughs> sauce, <laughs> sauces is great. Yeah. Yes. You know, El Alazan and Evans is amazing. Um, you know, I did years, I did advertising for, um, Oh, I hate that I can't remember it. For um, oh, what's the Mexican restaurant on in Evans and Martinez? It's not me, Rancho. Ebo, no Ebo. Do you okay. know Ebo? No, I do so not. Ebo runs in Evans. He runs the um, starts with an M. Um, is it uh, me, Rancho's? Not Monterey. Not me, Rancho's, which is which is a great place. It's Monterey's. It's Monterey's. Monterey's. There it is. Monterey's is excellent. And Ebo, we met Ebo that runs the one in Evans when he was 15 years old. No way. Yeah, which is probably 25 years ago. And he was just a server, had just moved here, could barely speak that that great of English. And now he's one of the co-owners of the Evans restaurant and just a great, great guy. So there's so many little places like that, you know, in town. Even even franchises that come in town, mm. you know, most of them have local owners. Right. right. So they, I mean, like Mellow Mushroom, you know. Right. Uh, you know, Sean's a great guy and he has a great product, you know. Even though it's a franchise, he brings that local flavor, you know, mm-hmm. here in town. And I think that's really important. That's something that uh, we actually struggle with with our Augusta's favorite bracket that we do on Instagram. Yeah. Because Ugh. there's a lot of 
local franchisers and local business owners that own businesses that may not be based in Augusta. And it's like they're making a large investment in the city. Yes, Yes, they are. They're yeah. not a local business, and so wh- right. how do you do? But but that's a big challenge for us. It's difficult too. It's difficult for lo- local guys because right. they don't purchase everything locally. They have to purchase it from right. their franchisers, and like advertising, you know, most of their advertising is done nationally. So where I used to, you know, do the advertising for most of the franchise in town, I don't now because they buy a national buy, so we're not included locally. Mm. So I have to kind of remember the guys that invested in that or what they're doing. A lot of them do a lot of stuff for uh, agencies in Augusta. They give a lot of money, donate a lot of money. So, you know, I, I have to remember that too. Right. Yeah. You know, what they bring to the city. So, we're about to draw this to a close. Before okay. we do, because you are so plugged into the city, I want to give you this last opportunity. If there's any kind of like local philanthropy or anything that you would like to put kind of on a pedestal before we close out, I'd love for you to be able to talk about that. Well, I'm a, obviously a big believer in Forces United. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I think we should do everything that we can do, you know, for them. Right. I'm also very involved with the Salvation Army. Okay. What they what they do here in town, you guys would not even. Do you know that they have the only family shelters in Augusta, where an actual family could come, and they only have enough space for about five or six families. They have to turn families away. Where 15 years ago. They didn't even have families, mm-hmm. you know. But we have people in this area that are coming through, you know, that have, you know, a, a husband, wife, and a couple kids. Well, it may, they only have five rooms to be able to put those people up in. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times the husband doesn't get to stay with the wife and kids. They have to stay in a different section because they can't have men in that section with the mm-hmm. women in that. Can you imagine how scary it would be to be in a town and, ha- and not have any living in your car? You know, it's so cold out now or so hot that you can barely stand it and you have to go to a place and then your husband can't stay with you. Mm-hmm. You know, you yeah. know, moms are always the best, mm-hmm. but it's, dad is your protector, you know. So they are in the process of looking to have another building and building wow. uh, more space than that. And I would invite all of you to get super involved in the Salvation Army, what they do in this town that most people don't know. I mean, they probably house 100 people a night, men, women, and crazy seniors, more and more seniors than you've ever seen, people in their 60s and 70s. So, you know, we all have to do our part. You know, not everybody likes to know that we have the homeless shelter by them, but I can tell you this, the work that they do is amazing between there and the Croc Center, Mm. what they've done through this COVID thing has been absolutely amazing how they never shut down they figured out way i mean you know if it gets crazy they'll put 50 mats on the floor you know and they just figure out a way to do it you know and do it on such small amounts of money so um they're a great great organization i'm on the board with them and I'm, i'm really proud to be on the board with them and there's you know, pick your charity. Right. You know, yeah. we can't all do everything for everybody. Right. But pick what's important to you. You know, cancer is very important. You know, my dad died of that. I had a heart attack when I was 45 years old and had open heart surgery. So the Heart Association is very important to me. I'm not as involved with that as I would like to be. You know, so, um, you know, we try to do things in our direct mail pack for different companies, mm-hmm. you know, to say, you know, what your charity is. We could at least advertise your events and that. 
Um, so, you know, we all try to do our part, but mm-hmm. I would invite you to find the charity that means something to you because you never know how that could be you. Right. Mm-hmm. You never know. Blaine, did I talk I, enough for you? I wish, no, <laughs> I genuinely wish we could do another hour and a half of this show. Like, I think we could sit here for three hours. We, we probably oh, could. Yeah. I don't think we'd run out of things. We we'll, just, we'll do it another time. We'll, we'll, right. We'll, for mercy's sake, yes. we, we will call this. Blaine, thank you so much for being here. You're thank you for having me. Guest. Thank you for listening to our show. Absolutely. Right. It's, I was, you know, I found it. You know, a friend of mine <laughs> told me about it, Michael, and. You know, I've been Thank the, you, now. Michael. I'm addicted to it. Yeah, love it. So love the addiction. Local CEO, local business owner, Tranner Gray Media, and Home Direct. Correct. Yes, Blaine Bailey. Thank you guys so much for having me. Thanks for coming. All right, we'll do it another time. Yes, sir. Hey guys, thank you for tuning in and make sure you stick around for Around Augusta with Chris. I know this week he's got three different rumors that he wants to talk about that involve development and construction in Augusta, which is a pretty exciting topic for us. Before we do that, though, I do want to thank Zach at All Equal Parts for being here for this episode. Zach is an incredible mixologist. He's been making drinks on our show for the last few months, and we really, really love having him on. If you guys want to have your own personal All Equal Parts experience, contact him on his Instagram page or at allequalparts at gmail.com. He does private parties. He does private mixed drinks. And he also works with bars and restaurants. We show Zach love because Zach shows our love. He's a great member of the community of Augusta. We're happy to have him here. Thank you to Zach at All Equal Parts. And thank you for listening to this episode. We'd love to hear your feedback or your questions that might inspire an Around Augusta segment. And speaking of Around Augusta, I'll let Chris take it away. Hey guys, this is Chris, and this is the Around Augusta segment. Super excited about this segment that we're kicking off this month. Basically, you will get all the rumors squashed or confirmed that's happening in Augusta, anything new going on, or any hot news that you may have heard of that we can talk about. This week, I've got three things on the list to talk about. First off, if you have been to Laziza's and Evans, I'm here to tell you that they are finally opening up their downtown location. It's off the corner of 9th and Broad. You may have seen that, and you may have seen them working on it forever. I'm here to tell you it's opening very soon. They could not tell me the exact date, but you will be seeing an open sign in the next two weeks. Very excited about that. If you're not familiar with Laziza, it's a Mediterranean grill. My wife and I love, we love their euros. Check them out. Get ready for that. Number two, if you've been on I-20 driving to Atlanta, driving somewhere past Appling, Georgia, you might have seen this huge building being built right off I-20. That is the Amazon F- Fulfillment Center or just a distribution warehouse. It's creating 800 jobs for the city of Augusta. People, we've got cyber coming in and now we have Amazon coming in. This is exciting news. If you have not seen it, look to your right when you're driving towards Atlanta and check out this incredible building that Amazon is coming in and investing in the city. And the third thing, the Regency Mall. This week, we've been hearing news about construction or demolition. I'm here to tell you, first off, it's not the actual Regency Mall. It's actually a the old Montgomery Ward building, which was on the property, but not a part of Regency Mall. So the news out there about uh, the uh, 
Regency Mall starting to become demolished. It's actually not the Regency Mall. It's just a part of the property that they're leveling out to look good for people that want to invest in the property. It's not Regency Mall. It's the old Montgomery Ward building. And that's all for Around Augusta with Chris. Thanks, guys, for listening.